Hi, this is Jason Graves, host of The Blazing Grace Show. I'd like to introduce you to a product that I firmly believe should be used in every home in America. It's called SafeEyes. SafeEyes is the only software you'll need to protect you and your family from inappropriate content on the Internet. Over the last couple of years, I've tried several products and have never found anything as fast, effective, and affordable as SafeEyes. I now only use SafeEyes, and I recommend it to everybody I talk to all over the country. You don't have to take my word for it, though. SafeEyes was recently recently ranked as the number one internet filtering software by the most well-known product testing company in America, alongside 10 other products. No credit cards are necessary. To start your 15-day risk-free trial today or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website at SafeEyes.com or call toll-free 877-944-8080. You'll be glad you gave SafeEyes a try. I know I sure am. That's SafeEyes.com, 877-944-8080. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, you need unlimited flat rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per minute, per person charges. Go to AffordableConferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. He saved Jason and Rob thousands. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. They're proud to bring you today's broadcast. Now it's time for this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show, where we cover blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Now, here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. This is Jason Graves with my co-hosts, Mike Janung and Rob McIntyre. Hey, guys. I don't know, but it's a beautiful day. I'm glad to be here in Colorado Springs and broadcasting to the nations. We're talking about intimacy today, which, you know, I've heard if you break down the word intimacy phonetically. I've heard this so many times from you, but please, Jason. You know what it sounds like? Into me see. How about that? People love that. Yeah. Although every once in a while somebody will screw it up in the into see me or something like that. It's well, kind of funny. But it's a good it's a good good way of turning that word around so you can understand it. Right. Yeah. And it is something that once we get intimacy turned around in our marriages, it can be quite exciting. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us today. We're gonna to talk about intimacy, marital intimacy, uh, most importantly. And I know many of you listeners have had struggles with sexual addiction in the past and many of its forms and faces. However, the root issue of that, porn being just merely the the wart or the symptom, Mm -hmm. uh, the external, the root issue is a a lack of intimacy, isn't it, Mike? Well, it is, but if we're doing porn, then what we're doing is we're rubbing salt in a wound, and Mm -hmm. our wives aren't going to want to be intimate with us if we're messing with that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... What woman's going to want to be close to us if if we're committing a emotional adultery on them? Mm-hmm. Right. What pornography is. Right. And pornography is just filling a need that we're inappropriately meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pornography is just it's like drinking. You know, it sedates us. Mm-hmm. But it, we're really not dealing with the issue. Right. It's really a false intimacy, if you right. will. It's the skin of the truth stuffed with a lie. Right. It's a, a counterfeit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, so what we really want to point people today uh, to in our show is the truth, and that is true intimacy, where you are 
physically, emotionally, and spiritually bonded with your significant other at the deepest levels. So I guess it starts with, like you said, Mike, not doing porn, not going for the false intimacy. But what what else do you want to say about that? Well, I was going to say the problem is that there's a lot of guys out there, and I get emails from wives all the time recently that don't want to give up their porn, and mm-hmm. they're saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, everybody does it. I've gotten that. I've heard that a number of times recently. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the first step is we got to realize it is sin. It is hurting our wives. It is a bludgeon to right. them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and basically in the scriptures it says, you know, in Ephesians it says that we're to nourish and cherish our wives. So our wives are basically going to draw from us. They need something from us, and then they will respond to us in love. Mm-hmm. So, so when we aren't giving them that intimacy, that relationship, then they are starving. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I've seen in my own marriage when I was not providing my wife that deep level of intimacy, that love, then she literally starved. Right. You know, like somebody in the desert who was needing water. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so you can kind of understand why some women get so angry mm-hmm. and they end up becoming the nag like it talks about in Proverbs, you know, mm-hmm. better to live in a corner of a house, you know, or uh, I forget how it goes, but, you know, some about the dripping water, whatever. Yeah. Sorry, sorry ladies, I don't want to. But, you know, they they literally start screaming out for this relationship. Right. So that'll bring us to point number two. Point number one being, listen, don't go for porn. Go for the real thing in your relationships. Go for true intimacy where you are being seen and where you are looking at the heart, the, the, the core of the other, rather than just going for the externals. Number two being that, listen, if you are in a recovery process, chances are, your wife is not happy. Chances are you're having to don the proverbial hockey pads on a regular basis and take some shots. And, uh, you know, that Gore! is that is a part of the healing process, isn't it? I mean, how often, Mike, Rob, do you guys get wives who are really, really angry? Well, I know in my own case, when I committed adultery in 1991, that Michelle would go on in this emotional volcano. Mm. For weeks and not just weeks but months mm. on end she'd be wow. fine for a few days and then boom she'd see something and just start crying or mm-hmm. something would trigger and she'd be angry and it's not something that is going to go away in two days this is a process that takes a long time right. right from a personal i can totally relate to that because of my story similar to that uh, i have multiple uh, affairs but as far as a clinician and seeing my, my clients, gosh, it, it is probably the thing that I think people don't realize is going to take so much time mm-hmm. to heal. Absolutely. Even in my own recovery, even though it's been five years since uh, I've left that lifestyle, there's still a lot of anger to still work through. Right. Yeah. And listen, everybody, you need to, whether you are a recovering sex addict or a spouse of an addict, you need to see this process as a grieving process. Mm-hmm. And grief has stages. Right. The first stage is denial. Getting out of that is where most of you are, you are at. Then you go to bargaining. You know, you, oh, well, maybe I really don't need to, you know, deal with this. Maybe it really isn't as big of an issue as possible. And that's where we lose a lot of folks in counseling right. where they think, oh, my gosh, do I really want to do this work? Do I really want to mm-hmm. make this investment? Mm-hmm. But then they finally get to working on it, and then comes anger. And anger is really ugly sometimes, uh, but it's a necessary stage. Remember, for you addicts, you're saying goodbye to a friend. This addiction was a friend. It wasn't a very good friend, but it was a friend. Remember in junior high where you had like friends that you know would take you off course, it'd make you do stupid stuff, and you'd get in trouble. Those weren't the best of friends. 
Uh, not like, you know, your youth group friends who would, you know, usually Jason, take do you. do you do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> I try not to. I try not with. to. Okay, right. But the principle is, is that anger can look really bad. And we need to embrace the anger both in our own recovery and in our spouse's recovery. Because remember, you know, you were driving the car. She wasn't. But she was in the accident with you when the car crashed. She sustained injuries on her own. So she's got her own recovery process to go through. And some people, wives especially, can be very resistant in their anger. Yeah, let me say something about anger, too. That anger is a secondary emotion. The right. real core issue is that they're hurting mm-hmm. or somebody's hurt. You are hurt. Mm-hmm. All this is great pain. And if you can understand, like one of the things we see in, in, in you know dealing with couples is that if the wife's not angry, you know, the marriage is probably a good chance it's over. Mm. Right. So if they're angry, that's a great it's a great sign to say that there's a lot of pain. Yep. And and then it's the husband's responsibility, if he's the perpetrator, to process that anger right. as it comes to him appropriately. So instead of reacting, respond. Um, and then for the wife to understand that her anger is something that she has to heal through. Right. Yeah. That is so true. I yeah. mean, we are angry because we were hurt right. or because we're sad. We're sad because we're hurt. We're hurt because we care. Right. So the fact that they're angry, guys, means that they care. Absolutely. Well, and the fallout from sex sex addiction is the it's all about me mentality. And I hear from time to time a guy will say, you know, a couple weeks after he told his wife about his struggle with porn addiction, well, I told her, why isn't she better by now? And Mm -hmm. she needs to get over this. And (laughs) that's just you know when when we go and. like you said about donning the hockey pads, it shows them that we're not just all about me. Right. Mm-hmm. We also care about them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, you know, and I could even just speak from my own personal uh, recovery, you know, five years is still not enough. Mm-hmm. It is, it is a long process and it, it may be 10, 15 years, depending on what was brought into the marriage, what happened in the marriage, the length of the marriage, the length of the addiction and how the acting out went. And then also, the ability for people to recover in mm-hmm. a healthy manner. Right. Yeah. So number one, don't go after false intimacy. Go after the real thing. Number two, if you're in a recovery process, you need to be patient with her healing yeah. process. And that means embracing the anger. Number three, I think we also, as husbands, as the scripture says in Ephesians 25, we need to develop an attitude of sacrificial love. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're giving yourself up for her. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, and if we use that car crash analogy again, Rob, is that we need to realize that in this recovery process, we as the addicts get all the resources sometimes. And sometimes the wives get left out. And there are great female counselors out there on our team, Rob. Uh, I like uh, Lori Hinsey, for example. She is is a wife of a a sex addict as well who has been there, gone through it. She's counseling women one-on-one. She's Mm -hmm. doing groups. If your wife needs someone to talk to, let me give you her number in just a second here, but that can be really helpful. And it is something that balances out the recovery process because here you are getting all these resources. You're getting counseling. You're getting workbooks. You're getting uh, all the resources, groups. The wives sometimes need those things too. And it's not for something for you to impose on her, but it's rather something to offer. Write this number down. It's Lori Hinsey, toll-free 877-278-6868. That's Lori Hinze, H-I-N-Z-E, at 877-278-6868. Can I say something about the scripture uh, mm-hmm. that we have uh, in front of us? Ephesians 5.25 was uh, what Jason quoted. And what I have done in, in this one course that I do for my clients 
is kind of break the word passion down, and I asked them to do six antonyms and six synonyms. Mm-hmm. And, and what was really shocking to these guys, when they could look up the word passion, the first definition was the sacrifice of Christ mm-hmm. in Webster's Dictionary. So when you think of passion, you know, Mel Gibson said uh, that passion is obsessed love. And, and I, I, quite frankly, am upset about some of the church's attitude, and, and I'd say church or Christian's attitude towards marriage, is it needs to be this long-term thing. Mm-hmm. You can't fix a marriage in six months. Mm-hmm. You can't fix it in three months mm-hmm. or, you know, three years for whatever. You know, you need to think long-term. So there needs to be this passion, mm-hmm. this overwhelming love for what God has brought together, let no man yeah. put asunder. Right. And so, you know, it needs to be this long-term commitment, not the short-term fix-it, like, microwave, you know, culture that we have here. And so when I look at that scripture, I think of the passion of Christ, mm-hmm. what he was willing to do. And in that movie, The Passion of the Christ, he literally forced himself and got up over and over going down mm-hmm. the Via Dolorosa. Mm-hmm. And, and if he didn't go to Golgotha, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. We would have never experienced freedom. Mm-hmm. And so I believe men, as you're listening, and, and wives don't, I don't know how wives you, how you want to deal with this, but men, if you're listening, definitely consider that this is a long road, mm-hmm. and it takes you knowing God mm-hmm. at the deepest levels. Wow, Mike, he's pulling out Mel Gibson quotes now. <laughs> well, if, yeah. For those of you who can't see Rob, he's actually standing up with a kilt right now in the studio here with, uh, with a big freedom! sword. It's a big Claymore sword. and so. But Mike, I mean, you, your wife has um, really been helped by some of those resources we're just talking about. And I know Susan, my wife, has as well. And I'm just wondering if there's guys out there that are struggling, um, what encouragement would you have for them to kind of balance out the system like we're talking about? Well, we're all going to blow it richly. I mean, uh, if I'm going to be honest to you, I'm going to say I fall some months, it feels like, as much as I'm doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and saying the right words. So I think we have to come to terms with our own brokenness and realize we are going to mess up. But as Mm -hmm. soon as we mess up with our wives, use those words, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I said the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Will you forgive me? I'm in need of grace. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know we're not going to be we're not going to be perfect when i read husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church i think oh boy i've blown it already right there cuz i wouldn't you know am i going to want to go to the cross and be killed like he did and butchered mm-hmm. how many times has my pride stood up where it shouldn't have and, yeah. and and got my tongue stuck in my foot mm-hmm. and that goes to the importance of men godly men being around you as a recoverer because right. you need that accountability you need to have some guys who are saying you know, you need to fall on your sword this time. That's you know, right. You screwed up. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And this is to all my guys and all my freedom groups. I <laughs> want you guys to know that it is okay for you to say, listen, man, you need to wake up. Yep. Man, this is, you know, this is, you need to use humility here. And we need to call one another out. You know, and it doesn't happen all the time. Right. But I know when I'm being a bonehead, uh, Mike, if I heard that from you, uh, Mike and Rob, if I heard that, if <laughs> yeah, I heard that Jay from folks, you, just so you know, he looked at me and called me Mike. Uh, yeah, that's this okay. Is Rob, yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, the thing is, is we should be able to hear those things from right. one another. Right. So if I'm being a bonehead, I want to hear that from you too, Rob, mm-hmm. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and let me say this about men too. I've learned this recently about men and men's group. We expect too much out of our wives. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to get more from our relationship. Well, don't get me wrong, okay? There is a lot to be taken from our wives and our relationship with them, but God meant for us to be in community with men, godly mm-hmm. men. 
And I think one of the mistakes I made personally is I expected too much from my wife to mm-hmm. fill my esteem, to give me masculinity as part of being married. And so I was unhappy for many right. reasons, and I should have gotten that from a group of men. Mm-hmm. So Right, so, absolutely. It's like we get together as men, we give to one another so that we have something to give to our wives. Right. And as we give to our wives, we get back absolutely. from the giving. And so it's not something where we have to really be self-focused at all. Right. So we're really back to transparency in the home and transparency in the church again. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians 5.33 says, Husbands, love your wives as much as you love your own bodies, and mm-hmm. wives respect your husbands. See, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's a surprise why it's in that order. Mm-hmm. First, husbands, love your wives, and then wives, respect your husbands. That's probably the way it's supposed to go, right? Right. right. Absolutely. So number one, go for the real thing. Number two, be patient, embrace the anger. Number three, love in a way that's sacrificial. Mm. Number four, I think we also be very have to be very resistant to becoming embittered. And oh. I can tell you, this weekend was tough for me because Susan and I, you know, we're in this transitional period in our lives in some areas, and we're wondering about the big questions of, you know, what is our family vision? And, you know, she has a, you know... She says it perfectly. We're completely opposite. You know, we're, we're, you know, she's a planner. I'm more fly by the seat of your pants and spontaneous. Uh, you know, she's neat. I'm less than neat. She's, you know, organized. And I struggle in some of those areas. And so we have very different talent, talents. But bottom line is that we need to be together on vision. And, and this has been a struggle for us recently. And it's been tough for me in this process as she's going through her hard times with it, to not become embittered with her. And I've had to really, you know, stay focused on that. And there's been times where I've really uh, not done as well as I could have. Wouldn't you guys say, you know, for us that have had our sex addiction in our marriage, wouldn't you say resentment was a big part of that? Towards our wives? Poisoned by it. Well, I know for me it was I resented my wife. Mm -hmm. And I didn't totally understand it, but I did. I have huge resentment towards her. And part of that goes back to me not feeling like a man around her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, that I think that's the majority of my own issue, but that was still part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other scripture that correlates with this is in Peter. It says, husbands, that if you have a, um, if you have ought against your wife, that your prayers will be hindered. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to realize that it, this is going to affect our relationship with God, our vertical yeah. relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. we can't let conflict go on too long because it just nope. messes me up. Right. I know for me, we were at church this Sunday, and you know, and Pastor Ted was just saying, you know, as he was doing communion, that listen, if you have something against somebody, you need to forgive them right now. Right. And I'm so thankful that he did that because I mean, sometimes as you're taking communion, you forget that part about right. okay, remember the things that you have against people, and 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 so sure enough, as soon you know, we were really kind of at each other's, uh, at a distance and, and, and a, at odds with each other all weekend of it until we had that community experience, mm-hmm. we, we weren't able to work it out. So, you know, finally Sunday afternoon, we were able to, to really let go of it. And that's Dude. in part because I just decided I don't want to be bitter about it. Right. I don't want to hold on to this. Right. And it's tempting fellows to, to do that. But listen, listen, remember your wife is not responsible for your recovery. She's not your counselor. She's not the person that's even responsible for, um, uh, she's not responsible for like uh, fulfilling your life. Right. I mean, it's really up to you right. to live a fulfilled life. So you just stop holding your wives responsible. 
number one, and let go of those, those hurt feelings. It's just a matter of forgiving. How much have we been forgiven, Mike? I mean, think about it. We've been forgiven all of our sins by our Savior. So shouldn't we be able to forgive? Absolutely. Isn't I found in my own life that marriage is, my marriage is the hardest place for me to say the words, I'm sorry, or mm-hmm. I forgive you. Right. I mean, somebody else in the street offends me, you know, I can forgive mm-hmm. immediately. But mm-hmm. in marriage, I'm naked in front of my wife emotionally. She knows everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I'm being, when I'm saying I blew it in front of her, you know, I'm, I'm taking a risk that this is going to, could be held against me later in time. Right. Grace is a risky thing. But, you know, one of the beautiful things yeah. about that is that it causes us, and this is where I've, I've really misunderstood the purpose of God, is during the trial is it causes this desperation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we many times would go back to our addictions, but God's saying, come to me. Mm-hmm. Come to me if you're brokenhearted. If, you know, yeah. And you can find God in the middle of this desperation of not knowing how to love your wife. And what you'll see is there's a transfer of government. Mm-hmm. The power transfers to you as you vertically seek God's relationship and, and relationship with godly men. Mm-hmm. Then God starts to develop in you this this character that your wife's going to go, you know, after hopefully three, five years, but yeah. <laughs> she'll respect you. Yeah. But it's that transfer that we need to have. You know, and, and I think that we should do a whole show on forgiveness sometime. Because, you know, for those of you who are like me out there, who's really struggled with forgiveness, I feel like, well, if somebody has done something to me, you know, then I can't treat them the same way. You know, they are in like this other compartment of mm-hmm. life of, or this other file of, of people now when really God doesn't do that to us. And forgiveness and letting go and refusing to hold somebody to what they owe you is part of life. Mm-hmm. Think about how much your parents have spent on raising you. Now, have they ever asked you for any of that? No. It's like that debt that you right. owe them right. has been forgiven. Right. It's been paid in full. It's, it's been wiped out of the records. And God's done the same thing for us. So I want to move on to giving. Uh, we'll, we'll do a whole show on forgiveness. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. yeah. But let, for now, let's, message, let's, man. let's give some good tools for these guys on how to generate intimacy or into me see in their relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, you talked about dating Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you have any ideas about that specifically, but, um, there's some really good patterns out there of dating that can be really nourishing to a, uh, to a relationship. But what has that been like in your relationship with four kids? Uh, it's, it's not easy. And I have to confess, I cheated because I knew this show was coming up and I wrote this. <laughs> so I asked my wife last week, wouldn't you want to go out for a date? Right. <laughs> Cause I didn't know if you guys are going to be asking me or not. Right, right. <laughs> wow. When's the last time you went out? Yeah. But, we moved recently and things have been busy and we haven't made the time for yeah. it. So, um, you know, that it's so important to just to re-engage and to set aside the kids once mm-hmm. every month or two and become what we were in the beginning. It has to be a commitment that both of you embraced. And, uh, you know, all I know is uh, that it's not good to take her to the good guy's car show mm-hmm. for a date. <laughs> you need to, you know, going back to the scripture where it says cherish her and nourish her. I mean, when I've when I've looked up those words, because I didn't know what those meant. I mean, I thought those were just words in a song, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> but anyways, you know, it means to protect, to nourish, to do all, all those things. And you know, I didn't understand what that meant for my wife, so I had to begin to ask her. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that's where you have to develop your dates based mm-hmm. on that. How do how do I care for her? How do I show right. her that I love her in practical ways through behavior? And I do want to talk about a simple pattern that you can use where, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not always appropriate to take him to the good guy's car show, 
But however, I mean, you can, I think, get a lot in your relationship out of doing the things that you really love because mm-hmm. it takes all of the, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do out of it? When you, when it's your turn to plan a date, you plan it for what you want to do. When it's her turn, she can plan what she wants to do. So that means if it is monster truck night, then, you know, <laughs> she's bringing her little seat pad. And if it's, uh, you know, the craft show, then you're bringing your knitting needles. And it's your job to be the happy camper when it's not your turn to plan. Well, I've noticed that Michelle just glows when we sit down for dinner. We don't have the kids with us. And mm-hmm. she has all that away. And she can just be a woman again and talk to an adult. And she's just blessed by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't awesome. have to do baby talk. Right. <laughs> also, uh, there's dating, but there's also just taking time to have a daily sharing time mm. and really listening. And, and there's a an, an exercise called I call the paired share, where you just sit down in your daily sharing time and you take a minute or two minutes each, where one person gets to just share. You can go up to five minutes if you want, mm-hmm. where you just share free association, whatever you want. The other person just listens, no responses, uh, keeping even the nonverbal cues to a minimum. Uh, even the mm-hmms and the uh-huh, oh, the, you know, all those kind of things. That way you're just completely focused on listening. And you'd be surprised at how much stuff you can get out of there. And, um, you know, one of the things, too, that when you say about that that period of time where you, you talk is I find that a lot of men really struggle with communication. So I, I've just taught a lot of guys in my office during therapy, just learn how to uh Speak back to what your wife has just told you. So I heard you say, because a lot of times guys will hear something, but yeah. they won't truly hear it. Yeah. Before you respond or react, chances so this is are, what you said, or, make sure and pair it back to right. them or paraphrase what they're saying. Uh, Mike, we've just got about 30 seconds. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about encouraging intimacy or you know expressing yourself? Just listening. Just listening when she's struggling and hurting instead of trying to fix her. I've blown it so many times in the early part of my marriage by trying to fix when she just wanted me to listen. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of times if we just listen, we'll, we'll bless them more than any advice we have to give them. Mm-hmm. I want to end with this verse. It says in 1 Peter 3, 7, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. So again, guys, it's really up to you. You're the priest of your homes. We want to thank you for tuning in. Remember that the Blazing Grace Show is a listener-supported show. We're now a tax-deductible nonprofit entity where you can make uh, donations and keep us out in the air. Uh, We are reaching more people than ever. We've got had over 800 listeners on the show this month. Uh, already. So, uh, Ted, our producer, in just a few minutes here, will be giving some words on how you can help us financially. But we appreciate your help and your prayers. And uh, tune in next week when we meet with Shane Kenny from Safe Eyes and Mike Cleveland from SettingCaptivesFree.org. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. Today's broadcast is sponsored in part by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes.com. Visit them on the Internet. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported broadcast intended to help reach listeners worldwide. Your support is vital to keeping Blazing Grace able to minister. If you can help with a tax-deductible contribution, it would be greatly appreciated. You can send your contribution to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, 
P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. More information, visit on the web at blazinggrace.org. B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M. There's also a downloadable copy of the broadcast available for you. If you want help resolving a sexual or pornography addiction, you can schedule a therapy appointment with Rob McIntyre. His number is 877-593-1166. Jason Graves can be reached at 877-590-7685. Again, Rob McIntyre can be reached at 877-593-1166. Jason Graves can be reached at 877-590-7685. 7685. If you have questions about Blazing Grace, you can email Mike at Mike at BlazingGrace.org. We look forward to sharing more Blazing Issues and Grace-filled answers with you next time. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you.